Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Ruler podcast. On this edition, we're talking about a subject that doesn't get discussed that much in pro cycling, the risks of head injuries and concussion. It's been highlighted recently by the news that Dimension Data's Bernie Eisel has undergone surgery to relieve bleeding on his brain, caused by a crash at Terreno Adriatico in March. Although there were no immediate symptoms after the crash, significant bruising seems to have developed over the following weeks, putting pressure on his brain and needing surgery. Some sports, American football and rugby are obvious examples, have well-recognised protocols for spotting and dealing with concussion and head injuries. But in pro cycling, it seems to be more patchy. And the golden rule of concussion, if in doubt, sit it out, often conflicts with the carry-on-at-all-costs, put-me-back-on-my-bike mentality of pro riders. Well, one person with first-hand experience of this is Brent Bookwalter of BMC, who suffered significant problems after a crash in last year's Tour of Britain. Fortunately, that was the first time I've really suffered uh, any major ill effects from a concussion or head injury in my career, but... It was one that I didn't uh, get through easily and definitely didn't take lightly. A little bit of a freak race situation. Um, The short of it is that I hit a parked car um, at the exit of a corner in the Tour of Britain. Yeah, the the direct impact to my head wasn't as hard as just the the sort of whiplash and, as the doctors deemed, um, sort of the brain-to-skull impact um, that came by virtue of uh, being stopped so suddenly hitting that car. So, uh, yeah, super scary. just, you know, stopped me dead in my tracks. And I was still um, on the ground thinking I could get back up. And, um, you know, I guess the the medical staff had deemed that I wasn't fit to continue and fortunately had put me on the stretcher and gotten me in the ambulance and and taken me out of play. And I was pretty disappointed about that immediately. Um, But then, you know, quickly realized in the coming minutes and hours that, yeah, that was definitely the best course of action. And I was in no shape to continue the race. And, Really, from there, it just became uh, a, a longer and longer and longer and more frustrating, drawn-out recovery than I initially imagined. So when it initially happened, had there not been um, trained medical staff uh, there at the time, um, you felt OK to get back on the bike and, and ride? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. You know, I think um, I think time was essentially going faster than I perceived it. Like, I didn't think like I was sitting there on the ground. I don't. I didn't think I had been sitting there that long, and I didn't lose consciousness. But those around me, you know, realized that it actually had been quite a while. 
yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to actually get back up and get back in the race or not. Um, but I definitely was still in that point where I was still trying to process it and still trying to figure it out. Um, and I definitely hadn't written it off. Whereas, you know, when I looked at the, in hindsight, when I look at the severity of the injury and the duration of the recovery, that would, you know, would have been the worst thing that I could have done for myself. So I'm really thankful that uh, there were some good medical staff there and that um, and my team was supportive also and 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 seeing my condition and being um, receptive of it and and taking the smart call and pulling me out. And in the aftermath of the crash, when did you sort of realize that there was going to be a longer term issue here? Yeah, I'd say, you know, it was really already in that first week, um, you know, in the first hours and days, I, w- I was still just really optimistic of bouncing back, you know, within a few days, like any other crash where you don't have any broken bones or serious physical damage. Um, I was already plotting my path to the, the world championships and um, how I was going to get fit and make up for the missed race days to that. But at the same time, those first few days, you know, I had a really bad headache. I kind of felt sick and nauseous all the time, but I was moving nonstop. I was just the travel the team took me from uh, the UK back to Belgium to see a, a concussion expert, which was quite a long trip. And then from there, it was back to Girona. Um, so, you know, I, I spent two or three days traveling planes, trains, automobiles. And um, I just kept thinking, oh, if I can just lay down and get like two nights of good sleep, like, you know, that'll be fine. I, you know, I felt I didn't feel that much similar to, or dissimilar to, um, you know, a bad bout of jet lag or just a uh, racing and, you know, hitting the ground and having a long travel. But yeah, I quickly found that first week home that it was much more severe than I originally expected. And then it just really drug on for, for weeks and then uh, turned into months and um, ended my season definitely early. And there were times when I was doubting if I was even going to be able to, you know, come back for the season. And, you know, fortunately now I'm thankful that I can look back on these first few months of the season and, and feel like I'm past it and feeling good. Are you now fully recovered or are there still sort of after effects? I'd like to say I'm fully recovered. Um, I feel good. Did some sort of a testing based on the, the initial tests I had after the crash with the concussion expert. We did some of that with the team at the training camp back in December before the season started and I showed really encouraging improvement. Yeah, the most important thing is just that I feel better um, but it was nice to have that a little bit of sort of scientific analysis to back it up to definitely helped with the confidence. And, um, yeah, I feel good. I've, I've had a, a healthy and safe and, um, you know, pretty successful and consistent, uh, first few months of the year and just really grateful to have it behind me. You've been a pro, you've been at the sort of highest level in cycling for a long while now. And until last September, had you given much thought to head injuries and concussion? No, I really hadn't. And that's, oh, that's one of the um, most frustrating and disturbing parts of it is I, after going through it, I realized how many of my peers and even friends, you know, I've sort of watched or been aware of going through this that I had heard about guys hitting their heads and missing races and, and, and women riders as well. I always just sort of like brushed it off. Like it was, they're missing the competition or they're missing part of their season because it's like a precaution. Um, everyone says like, Oh, don't take any risks, head injuries. If you, if you hit your head, you know, take some time off. So I just sort of like, you know, viewed it from the outside as this thing that was sort of, um, you know, sort of a proactive measure to protect their careers and their long-term safety. And I had no idea the, the frustration and, you know, even sort of anguish and, um, and just lostness that, you know, a head injury can entail for people going through it. And and unfortunately, part of my recovery was having the chance to talk to some other, um, some other of my peers who had gone through the same and, 
I learned that no, you know, no two head hits are the same. So although, you know, maybe my symptoms or my path didn't play out exactly the same as theirs, it was comforting to know that, you know, I wasn't losing my mind or going nuts or, you know, going through something that no one had gone through before. So um, totally new respect for it. And, and do you think that there is a sort of growing awareness of the issue in cycling now? Or are, are you know, most of your colleagues in the peloton similarly yeah, you know, unaware as you were. I think it's getting better. Yeah, you know, I think if I if I look at my where I was in my career and where the sport was, you know, even five six years ago, and I imagine myself going through that same thing, I don't think I would have, um, you know, received the same level of support as far as my recovery or the patience, um, the patience and awareness from the team, um, the doctors that were on site in the race. So, yeah, I definitely feel like there's a, an increased and growing respect for the issue. But that's not to say that, you know, I, I don't think um, our work's done in terms of a sport. I think you know, we still have some some room to improve and there can be some some things that are done to enhance our safety and uh, the longevity of our careers and um, how we handle these situations where we unfortunately do hit our heads. And what would your advice be to other Pro cyclists, but also you know, amateur cyclists who may be involved in the crash or, or banging their head. What would what would you say to them? Uh, I think more than anything, just um, really respect respect the brain and respect the recovery, and take take the time to come back slow, really slow, even even slower than any other any other injury. I think my takeaway was that the brain heals differently than any other organ or any other part of the body. And it, there really isn't any clear cut and defined path. So the best thing I could advise is, you know, surround yourself with the best medical help and, um, you know, peer support group as you can be wary of setting your expectations too quick and too soon and, and really take it slow and give yourself the time you need. Well, Brent, thank you for joining us. Uh, good to uh, talk to you. Good to hear that you are, um, pretty much uh, 100% recovered and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, Lottie, and enjoyed it. Brent Bookwater in Girona. Well, also in Girona, two other riders who are making it their business to spread the word about the dangers of concussion. First, Tom Squeens of Trek Segafredo. Last year, riding for Cannondale Draypack, he had a gruesome-looking crash in the Tour of California. Ian Cleverly caught up with him. Yeah, it was uh, day two or day three in Cali when uh, I was in the front group with uh, a couple of other guys and um, went down pretty hard on a downhill. Hit my head, didn't really have any time to react and uh, when I got up it was kind of obvious that I had a concussion. But I continued and uh, I, yeah. And then later on I called it a day and stopped. Uh, there was a neutral service motorbike guy behind you who was sorting out your bike um, and helping you get back on your bike but you were clearly out of it because you were wandering around in the middle of the road trying to pick up your Garmin staggering while riders were flying in the side of you um, but I guess you can't you don't remember anything of that no? No but I do know that it was not a Garmin that I picked up it was just a gel I needed uh, it to finish the race obviously because uh, and that clearly made sense at that point <laughs> even though yes I do not remember uh, the crash or the following 15 minutes I gotta say that the, the neutral service guy was just taking care of my bike and not really looking at me but obviously from the TV yes you could 
see that I should not be on a bike. Once the team car caught up with you because the, the DS Tom Southern was, was unaware because he was way back up the mountain, um, when was the decision made to pull you out of the race? Yeah, so the, the race at that point had split up quite considerably and there was no, no really cars behind us. That's why the moto was the first person there and first, first guy to react. Um, even the medical car was not behind us, even the commissaries were not. And uh, that particular area in outside of San Jose is a dead zone for service, so it's not like anyone could have called up Tom and said, hey, just get him off the bike, like, right now. Yeah, it took those 15 minutes until I regained my senses, sort of, and um, I could realize that I've got a broken collarbone and that I'm not in the race where I was and that I have no recollection of it. And I saw the team car and uh, they were like, they're getting off the bike and I did not hesitate to get off my bike at all. What happens next? What, where, what did the team doctor decide to do? I had to get a surgery because the collarbone was uh, in several pieces. And um, that meant I got to, got to, or had to stay in a hotel room for three days no lights on just stay out of light stay out of stay out of sunlight don't use your phone don't use your laptop and uh, once the surgery was done i uh, did uh, what we call a concussion uh, protocol test or whatever and um, you, you do it before you crash and then you do it after you crash and it measures your reaction times your uh, short-term memory your attention span a little bit here and there and um, you kind of want to try and get at least back to the baseline. And how did you do? Uh, after seven days I actually improved on my baseline because I was trying so hard. Uh, I was taking it a bit more serious because <laughs> uh, obviously I wanted to get back on the bike. Yeah so after seven days I started, uh, started with an easy spin on the rollers, not outside because obviously I still had a broken collarbone and uh, that way you can also just stop at any point and um, if your head gets dizzy or whatever uh, but for me it was uh, it was a good good 30 minutes on the rollers and I had no uh, reoccurring side effects. So how long would you say it took in total for you to recover from the concussion as opposed to the, the collarbone? Yeah it was uh, the first time I rode was seven days after and then slowly I started riding a little bit more and more, and um, yeah, I didn't have any symptoms of a concussion. So, but obviously, you're not back 100% after seven days. Tom Squeens of Trek Segafredo talking in Girona on St George's Day, one of the noisiest days of the year, as you may have been able to tell. Ian cleverly also spoke to Matt Bramire of Aqua Blue Sport. Three years ago, Matt was riding for MTN Quebeca in the Tour of Utah when he collided with one of the race support vehicles. I wasn't aware of anything really. It was, I think, kind of because my injuries were a little bit more extreme. There was not really any emphasis on looking for anything else. It was just all about you know, the broken bones and kind of the, the dangerous stuff, really, and there was never, the word concussion was never mentioned to me. It never it was never on my radar, it was never put on my radar, and no one ever spoke to me about it. It was only until, it was more than a year later, my wife had a crash, and she had a pretty bad knock to the head. And we, like, 
looked for, got some specialist um, opinions and we ended up seeing some pretty top-notch people back in the UK. And just from chatting with them, that's kind of when I started realising that I had a lot of the symptoms that they were talking about and I was still suffering from concussion and there was a lot of, a lot of symptoms that I had and after effects that unfortunately I think are irreversible and I'll have to live with them. Those symptoms are what? Uh, just like memory. My memory is pretty useless now. Um, short term and long term, just a lot of things that I just can't remember. And like Nikki, I, I obviously I don't mention, I don't notice it myself, but Nikki noticed some small like personality changes, which as I say I don't really know what they are, but she's just she says I'm not the same person as I used to be. You know, there's slight differences here and there, so that's you know quite upsetting really. But yeah, it's one of the things. And this is something that you want to make other riders more aware of, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I think um, obviously they're, they're the major things that you never really want anyone to have. And there's also like performance size to it as well. There's something I forgot to mention. Then it's like basically if I use my brain a lot and I use my body a lot, you know, like physical kind of training. Like for example, if I go out and do a five, six hour training ride, then I come home and I try and do some work on my computer. It's just, I'm just like completely dead. I can't do it. It's like one or the other. So I just kind of have to manage those two. And you know, if I have to save those kind of sessions on the laptop for days when I'm not training, for example, and that's something that can impact you as a athlete and as a cyclist as well because it's even you know at a stage race like day to day it's sometimes difficult to back up you know the days of racing kind of get a bit more fatigued than I used to personally I think I've lost a few years of my career due to it and yeah that's why I always try my best to make other people aware of it especially you know friends and just you know guys guys that I know guys around in Girona if I see someone's out of it a bump on the head and a, you know maybe a concussion then I'll always try and put my 50 cents in really and just give them a bit of advice and do they listen most of the time unfortunately not um, I've had a few teammates who have seen I've been there and they've knocked on the head and 100% I'm like you need to do this tell them you know till I'm blue in the face but most of the time as I said they don't listen it's just um, I think it's just going to take a bit more time until there's been a few more unfortunately like negative cases like mine until you know, people can, can see it and he, in a way Tom was really lucky that he broke his collarbone because that forced him to rest maybe if he didn't break his collarbone maybe he would have carried on in the stage and finished the stage maybe he wouldn't have been sat in a hotel room for four or five days after his crash so you know, things like that, it, it's like, it's black and white. It definitely, those initial hours and days after a concussion make all the difference. And quite frankly, if you fuck it up, then, you know, you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. Pro riders have to be protected from themselves at the end of the day, don't they? Because, you know, all you want to do is get back on and, and ride your bike. Yeah, exactly. We just, we just want to jump back on. It's also difficult as well. You see, like, a lot of other sports, like American football, would be, they're coming up with you know, some pretty good concussion protocols, but in bike racing, it's not as simple as that because we can't stop the bike, we can't just stop the race and then assess what's going on. It has to be done on the road. And Is there any interest from the riders' union in, in getting involved in this? Yeah, definitely. I've been pushing it a little bit with them and also speaking to Willie Stewart, who's a, 
who knows his stuff about concussion, let's say he's one of the, the leading specialists in the UK and he's a keen cyclist himself, which is how I got in touch with him and um, he's he's helping us out a little bit and he's speaking, hopefully going to be speaking with the UCI and the CPA just to try and push some kind of protocol and awareness forward as well. Matt Bramire. Okay, time to catch up with the editor of Ruler's Desire section, Stuart Clapp. Now, last time we spoke, Stuart, you were in Utah. I presume you're somewhere exotic. No, I'm in Essex. Huh. Yeah, it's 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 similar to Utah in, in the fact that it's of the same planet, but uh, not quite the same climate, uh, not quite the same roads, uh, and not quite the same company. Um, I was there in Utah with Gore and Fabian Cancellara. Were you actually doing some work out there or were you just hanging around with um, Fabian and, uh, and and riding bikes? You mean my best friend. We were over there to do, do a bit of work. They, it was kind of a branding exercise where they were telling us about themselves and launching the new Shake Dry jacket, which is pretty flipping impressive, actually. But, yeah, they've, they've now got Cancellara involved and Cancellara isn't... You know when brands say, oh, yeah, this was helped designed by our team, blah, um, it, it's not really like that. Like, Cancellara might as well be an employee there. He, um, he appears to spend a lot of time there. They, they will have a, a facility where Fabian will go in, try, test out a set of bib shorts and go, hem's wrong on that. Can you change it to this? And then an hour later on, they've made him a fresh pair of shorts and gone, is that better? And then he okays it. Looking at the new shake dry jacket, you can kind of see, like, why that jacket received so many good reviews from the cycling press before. And they've improved it again. We went out on the day of Paris-Roubaix over there after the race. And it was sleeting. It was like a perfect day to try out gore clothing. And, uh, yeah, it really is a wicked bit of kit. Now, you and I have both seen on separate occasions, uh, David Miller's film, Time Trial, which has been long in the making, as we all know, um, without any spoilers, um, because the film is released at the end of June. It's an interesting film, but it's a bit unexpected, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's really unexpected, but positively so, in my opinion. I loved it, but I know that there are a lot of journalists that came out on that press screening that went... I don't get it. Especially the ending. Yeah, especially the ending. I totally get the ending. And if I don't know whether that says more about me, that I get the ending or what, but I, I, I it's a bit of a name drop, but I, I, I text David afterwards and said, I've just seen the film and I love the ending. And uh, he just wrote back loads of emojis, like hug ones and stuff, because apparently not many people do and neither does his wife, Nicole. So, um, but I get it. I get the ending. And if ever you've read anything about the, about the, the film or, or the Ruler Classic where you heard David talking about it after, after we drunk quite a lot of whiskey, it, it, it was, he might be on a bit of a downer. But it's one of those films that you, you get an idea of what it's going to be like before you watch it. And the way David talks about it, it's like, you know, the end of his career, saying about how the end of a pro cycling career isn't, like Roy of the Rovers stuff. You don't you don't go out at the top. You don't like it's very rare that a rider goes out. I won the tour. Goodbye. You know, fanfare speech on on uh, on the Champs Elysees. Um, it doesn't happen like that. So David talks about this and and how 
But what you see in the film is much funnier than that. It's more of an extension of David Miller's personality than 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 you than you think. I mean, he's he's an artistic guy. He's very creative, and working with Finley, who who directed and produced the film, it's uh, they've yeah they. I think it's a really really good film. Don't expect a total out and out sports film. To me, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff is really. Oh, you don't get that sort of access. The bits in the race car and around the race car are brilliant. It's it's really, I can't remember seeing something like that before. No, I, I, I counted the swears in it. There's quite a lot of swearing in it. There's quite a lot of swearing, mainly from Robbie Hunter. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's fully justified. It's fully justified. But yeah, the, it's the, the ending, the ending's brilliant because I was really set up for it, for it to be, I, I don't know, it, maybe it does say more about And it, that's I, where we're going to leave Stuart for a while because he's about to give away a bit too much about the end of the film, Time Trial. And given that David Miller and the team have spent so many years making it, the least you can do, probably, is go along to a cinema and see for yourselves. And that's it from this edition of the podcast. Thanks to Stuart, thanks to Tom, Matt and Brent for their thoughts on a serious issue. Take it easy, speak next time. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how many other people are going to enjoy it. I did, because I thought it was funny. You can understand why some people wouldn't get it at all. Yeah. (laughs) But if you don't get it, I think that's a barrier to our friendship. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.